speaking of healthcare, by the way, and I suppose it's not healthcare, it's the most natural thing in the world, breastfeeding. And we know that breast milk is best for babies, but often when moms need support, they can get, it's very hard to find that support. Ireland has one of the lowest breastfeeding rates in the world with only two out of three women initiating it before leaving the maternity hospital, according to a new report. Now, I would like to know today, by the way, as a mother, a new mother, do you think there's a stigma attached to breastfeeding? Are you afraid to breastfeed? Is there an awkwardness in this country about it? Does this go back to our conservative views in this country on nudity and all that kind of stuff? Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Um, It wasn't very common in this country. And never has been. Many, many years ago, mothers would have breastfed more than they did now. But probably out of necessity, because we didn't have, of course, the powdered milk and all that kind of stuff. And it was more expensive to buy all that. So it was kind of cheaper to breastfeed. But now with money not being really an object for most people, uh, it seems that women have gone back to, I suppose, just the powdered milk again. So I'm asking you what it is that is stopping women from breastfeeding. So maybe you're a new mother and you would have liked to have breastfed, but you couldn't or you didn't get educated or or you weren't encouraged to do it or you weren't helped or supported to do it. Or maybe you felt, I can't really do it because I don't want to be, you know, taking me boob out at a restaurant or you felt a little bit of shame. Is that that what it is that you don't want to do it because it's maybe in public? And let me know what you think anyway. I'd love to know why you did or didn't breastfeed. Breastfeeding is best by far when it comes to all the natural nutrients that a child needs and certainly for their immune system. It is far better than any powder you will buy in a, you know, a tin. I'm not saying the powder in the tin is bad for your child, by the way, but certainly it is the best. To give me a bit more information on it, it's Chrissia Lynch, uh, maternity care expert and chair of Ames Ireland. Uh, good afternoon to you, Chrissia. Good afternoon. How are you? Nice to talk to you again. Before I get on to the breastfeeding, actually, let me get back to what we were talking to you last week about, which was your protest against fathers and partners and support not being allowed into the hospitals. And you were going to have a protest uh, because the government wouldn't allow this. Well, not the government, because of the policies of the hospitals. Did you have the protest and how did you get on, by the way? Oh, yes. Well, we had numerous protests and they're still going on. We had protests outside all of the Dublin maternity hospitals, outside uh, Cork, outside, of course, Big rebels in Cork, so big protests there. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, protests in Galway and Limerick and a lot of the smaller units like Wexford and Kilkenny and Waterford. And um, the response that we've had now is that uh, 14 of the units have written back to the minister to say that they are fully compliant with enabling partners to attend all aspects of the labour. Okay. Well, this is like, uh, hold on a minute. No, this is news to all the partners currently waiting in car parks outside those 14 units. So there's something so are you strange. Su- are, you, are you suggesting some of the hospitals are telling the government porky pies? Well, uh, there's a, certainly something strange going on because the experience on the ground does not match the returns that were made. So, so in other words, they're we, telling the Minister for Health one thing and they're telling the actual customers or the, the patients, so say, the customers, the patients <laughs> is something completely different. Well, that's, appear, that's what appears to be happening. And I think what it actually comes down to, I don't think the people are necessarily deliberately lying. I think what it comes down to is that the hospitals have contrived a very interesting definition of labour, which means that you're only really in labour when you're about to pop your baby. And as far as the average person on the street is concerned, when they can't cope with contractions anymore at home and they arrive in a hospital 
they yeah, are in 14 labor. hours beforehand there you know you in go. pain exactly. yeah yeah not, exactly. not a half an hour beforehand exactly so um mm. i my understanding is that the minister is now going to write to all the hospitals to ask exactly what is the your definition, definition of, of labor? labor all right well look exactly. continued success anyway with, with the uh, the protest but let me get back to breastfeeding why do you think ireland i mean you'd imagine irish mothers we've great mammies in this country why are we so bad when it comes to breastfeeding when we're not stupid? We know that breastfeeding is the best thing for a child. Now, don't get me wrong. I know some mothers just can't breastfeed. That's understandable. But why are we so bad? Well, I think, first of all, I don't think we are that bad. And I certainly don't think it's anything to do with mothers thinking one thing or another thing. Because what we have to remember is that when we look at the research, most mothers, that's nearly 80% of mothers have told us that in the antenatal period when they're asked, they want to breastfeed. 63.8% so, according to this nationally of women initiate breastfeeding at their baby's first feed compared with rates of 90% in Australia, 81% in the UK, 79 in the US. So we're down low even at that. So, so that's the initiation. But even before that, when they're attending antenatal appointments, they're saying that they would like to breastfeed. So we have this idea of wanting to. We have a reasonably okay initiation rate. And then... When people leave the hospital on day three, the average is 37%. So what we really need to ask ourselves is why that drop? Is the answer fuddy-duddies like me, right? For example, my, my <laughs> You're niece... You're fuddy-duddy, what are you on about? <laughs> my niece, right, and I visit her on a regular basis. We're, we're great friends, right? But she's in her 30s. She has three children. And her last baby, she was breastfeeding. And I'm sitting there having a cup of tea. And she's my niece, who I used to babysit, by the way. And all of a sudden, you know, she whips out her boob and, and I'm going, oh, Jesus, Vicky, could you not do you have to do that in front of me? Because <laughs> this is meaningless. So is it that, now don't get me wrong, I was quite fine with it after when I got used to it. But is it that attitude from older people of that maybe puts a little bit of pressure on younger mothers who don't want to be doing it at a restaurant? And they absolutely should. It's the most natural thing in the world. Who don't want to be doing it in public. Is, is it that attitude that's stopping them doing it? I don't think it is because I think what happens is is that it's that three days that people spend or five days if they've had a cesarean in hospital when they come in with all the great intentions of breastfeeding and then they leave not doing it or they leave where they're using as much artificial milk uh, as they are breast milk or mostly artificial milk. So something happens in that time period. And what I think it really comes down to is that there's a lack of support. There's a lack of investment. So it's coming back to... Stephen Donnelly and his crew, you know, yeah. there's a lack of investment in postnatal care in Ireland. And we know that from, from years that the postnatal care gets the least investment. So in other words, they're initiating it, but then when they get home, they, they can't get the milk out or it's not working out or their breasts are engorged too much and they feel a bit of pain. So they give up. Is it, is well, well it's, more, it's more that that's happening in the hospital setting because what's happening is there aren't enough midwives to support the women that want to breastfeed. There aren't enough lactation consultants to support the women that want to breastfeed. Now, the midwives that are there do want to support the women, but they can't get to everybody. So you see, you might have one midwife and 18 women in one ward. Now, that's, that's just... There's do no we way. have lactation specialists in this country? We, we do, but not in every context and not in every hospital and not working weekends. I mean, like, so, in other way, the, the district nurse used to come around to the house to check if your baby was all right after a few weeks or whatever. Do, they, do we have somebody that can pop around? Are, the, are district nurses, say, for example, trained also to, to, to deal with that as well? Well, our public health nurses, that's, that's what they're called. Um, well, some they, of used, them are, they used to be called the district nurses. Yeah, 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 they changed their name. <laughs> yeah. So 
So we used to have a situation where all those, as you call them, district nurses or now public health nurses, were also midwives. And a large proportion of them were trained as lactation consultants. But now those public health nurses do not have to have a midwifery background to go into that job. So that's one issue. Secondly, some of them have an interest in breastfeeding, so they are trained, but it's not mandatory that they all become lactation consultants. So women always report to us, some, you know, I had the nurse round and she was so helpful. And then other people say, well, I had the nurse round and she just told me to give a bottle. So right. it's very, very variable. I get you, yeah. And then, of course, you've got the, the other thing as well is that nowadays a lot of women are in careers. So they have the baby. They need to get back to work again. And there's a problem because they obviously have to express them when they're going to do that. They can't, because they can't bring the baby to work. Um, although some women would like to, but they can't bring the baby to work. So that's a problem too then that we have to try and accommodate breastfeeding mothers to do that, don't we? Well, we uh, actually, now this is the funny thing, is that Ireland ranks quite highly in the number of weeks that a mother can have off mm. with statutory maternity leave. We actually do really well on that score. So it is possible to have your six months and it's possible to take another three months without pay. So that's nine months. So now not everybody's in a position to take the extra three of months. Course, but yeah. we actually do quite well on that score. And we've had recent legislation that says for mums who are returning to work after the six months, they must be given breastfeeding breaks and a place to breastfeed it to express their yeah, milk if and, they want and, to. But that's not always. Yeah, I mean, if you're working, you know. In a shop or something, you can't really bring the baby to work with. Oh, no, 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 but you'd you'd express express your milk, obviously, that's the case. But, I mean, part of the issue that we would see is is a real lack of investment, a lack of investment in antenatal education, lack of investment in community education, so that all the people in the Mm. community are educated, not just the mums and the dads. And what percentage of women can't breastfeed, or just, it's just too difficult, it just doesn't work? It's, It's very, you see, that's a very difficult question, because we always say that um, breastfeeding, we often don't say breastfeeding is best. We actually say breastfeeding is the normal way to feed a full-term, healthy baby. Mm. So obviously some babies are not going to be full-term and some babies are not going to be healthy and they're going to need uh, some kinds of additional supports. And sometimes mum's physiologies are such that they have a big hormonal imbalance, they may have had previous breast surgery, um, they may have other physical conditions or they may be taking drugs, for example, for chemotherapy. Okay. And it's not possible to breastfeed like that. So there's a bit of a mix in there. But the vast majority of people are able, are capable of doing. They need the support. And that's the critical issue. And what's the cut? What's the average cut of? I know some people, you know, would breastfeed longer than others. What's the average cut of age? Six months, is it? Uh, well, the average, no. Uh, the average is much less than that. And part of the problem with that is that what happens at about day 10, so I'm going to use this little plug here now to say to all the mums who have got a 10-day-old baby, your baby is going to want to feed like a savage today. And what you're going to need to do is respond to that. But most mums are not told that. So their baby starts feeding, you know, continuously, and they immediately think that they don't have enough milk. So we know that one so of the most do, common, common res- times to stop is to then you feed the baby. So I mean, do they have to take sort of some, uh, some sort of, I don't know, tablets or something like that? I don't no, know, no, 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 no. Herbs or something like that. I mean, how do you... Not, I mean, not how, Okay, so a mother's listening at home right now, okay, and she's had a new baby and the baby's been sucking away for the last few days and you're telling her by day 10 the baby's got to be sucking like a good thing, right? And he's got to be looking for more milk and she doesn't believe she can produce that much milk. So are you saying she can naturally produce it according to the baby's needs or are you saying she might have to take some supplements or something no, to maybe I'm, increase the, the, the amount of no, milk? No, no, no. The, the baby is just so clever that the baby increases the number of feeds that it makes at around day 10, day 12. 
and then the mother's body immediately responds to that and produces more milk. Okay. Um, but if people don't know that and they see that their baby seems to be feeding more, it's a logical conclusion to think you don't have enough milk. So a lot of people stop breastfeeding at about two to three weeks. Okay. When the baby starts crying? Pretty much, yeah. yeah and yeah, when I, the patterns change. So I, I mean, just want to say... I remember I, that from, you know, hospitals and the mothers would turn around the baby crying. She, she, she just will not take it off the breast. Ah, oh, here, just give her a bottle for God's sake, stop her from crying. And that's always the easy way out, isn't it? Well, you see, uh, and we've become accustomed to that as a society. And sometimes yeah. mums are told that in the hospital ward, look, your baby's making a lot of noise. How about you give... Yeah, uh, you, you know, you, you, you give something else. And women do report that. And that's not what should be happening because we do have codes and the codes for ensuring the best for babies is that babies are not offered artificial milk if they're healthy and that they're well. And their mums uh, indicate, uh, okay. of course, they and, want to And feed. finally, just in relation to the difference between the two, right? So obviously, I'm not a, a doctor or scientist. You know a lot more about it than I am working in the maternity care um, uh, division. But what is the difference between the modern formula food, which is quite good, let's be clear, but I know it contains a lot of sugars and stuff like that. But what is the difference mainly between that and breast milk? What is the child getting from the breast milk that they're never going to get from formula? Well, first of all, breast milk is an ever-changing organic product. So no two breastfeeds from the same mother to the same baby will ever contain exactly the same chemical properties because the breast milk is manufactured by the mother for her baby for that moment in time. And the key ingredient that breast milk has uh, that no other substance can copy is that the breast milk has all the immunological properties that will protect and defend that baby at that moment in time. And also the proteins, the fats, all of those things change specifically to meet that baby's needs. So you have this very uh, ever-changing organic product versus a product that's always the same. Mm-hmm. So that is the main the main difference. And of course, the breast milk changes as the baby grows older. The breast milk in the morning is different to the breast milk in the evening or growth hormones in the evening. Um, the breast milk when a mum is feeding a slightly older baby probably has more fats and less proteins. So, you know, the breast milk is always changing. Mm-hmm. And we would always talk about it as being the normal food. It's not better. It's just normal. So, um, you know, if someone's yeah. not giving that or a baby's not getting it, they're not availing of all those protective qualities because breast milk is not just about the moment in time that it's given. It has a protective quality for the whole of that baby's life and also for the mother's life. So these are things sometimes that we don't talk about, which we probably should talk about. Okay, and the final question, what do you say to to mothers who are listening out there and who are embarrassed doing it in public? You know, because literally they obviously have to take their breast out and I, I know they can do it in a very convenient way and do it in where they by they have to cover it up. I don't believe they should have to cover it up. But however, I mean, what do you say to those mothers who are who, maybe they're a little bit old fashioned and they're a bit embarrassed? Well, first of all, there isn't anything to feel embarrassed about. Secondly, more people around you have breastfed than you probably think and they're probably willing you on. And thirdly, there's lots of things that, uh, lots of nice breastfeeding clothes that you can buy that essentially do keep, keep you com- completely covered up and no one would really know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And one thing I do want to say now before I, uh, I switch off is the fact that if mums are seeking support, we have three fantastic community-based uh, breastfeeding support organizations. The first one is La Leche League of Ireland. You can find them online. The next one is Could You? Uh, also find them online. And the third one is Friends of Breastfeeding. So all of those organizations are packed full of mothers who have already done it. 
and are there to offer the support of having gone through the journey. So it's a bit of a different kind of support to maybe a medical professional who's speaking yeah. about, you know, the, the, the priorities and so on. These are people who have gone through it. They know what it feels like. They know what you feel like. And if you're feeling down about it or feeling that you can't do it, these are the people who are really going to help you and support you through. Okay, well, listen, thank you very much indeed, Chrissy. And good continued success, by the way, with your protests as well. I Brilliant. Hope. Thanks, Niall. All, right. All right, thank you very much. Uh, Chrissy Lynch, who's maternity care expert and chair of Ames Ireland. Now, <clears throat> maybe in a bit in this situation, it, it is actually disappointing that so little mothers actually breastfeed their children because it is by far the best way to feed a child, if indeed you can do it. So why are they not doing it? And maybe you've breastfed... Do you find there's an attitude against it? Is there a stigma against breastfeeding in Ireland? What is the problem? It is this conservative view that we have on it. Jane, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Jane? How are you, Niall? How are you keeping? Good. Nice to talk to you, Jane. How are you today? Uh, great, dear. I love your show, I have to say. Oh, I love I love you as a listener. <laughs> oh, you're very good. Myself my husband doing me a fifth laughing at it in the evening time. Right, well, we're talking about boobs now, Jane. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Can't get any better than this. <laughs> Jane, I mean, why do you think Irish women particularly are not fond of breastfeeding? I think it's an embarrassment for the child, to be honest with you. I think breasts are mere, really looked at as, as a sexual thing and not, not kind of a... Well, they a are as well. Really. You know what I mean? They are as well. Yeah, but they weren't the purpose that they were given to us. Really, no, like, no, not really. Know. No, no, of course not. You know, no, but we, we, mind you, we could say that about, I mean, they consider breasts uh, bi- biologically are considered to be secondary genitalia. Now, you know, genitalia in general, you know, is looked at sexually, but that's not the purpose of it, for example. You know what I mean? In different parts of our body that we look at sexually, they were never the purposes of it to look at sexually, but that's what we do. Yeah. Because exactly. we're human. So you think yeah. that's the reason why women are a little bit more embarrassed to kind of get them out? Yeah, I do. I really do. I believe they're really embarrassed. I really do. And I think that we think it's, and, you know, I think as well that, you know, people will be carving over them as well. <laughs> what is it about lads? As soon as we see a nipple, we get excited. Well, I mean, what's that about? <laughs> yeah, it's just a man thing, Niall. It's definitely not a woman thing there now. No, no, no. So are you breastfeeding at the moment? I do. We have a baby. So we had a baby in the middle of the pandemic, myself and my husband. Congratulations. Thank you. I know he's listening. Love you, darling. But anyway, we had a little baby. Uh, her name is Maggie. And, um, yeah, my husband wasn't allowed to see her at the hospital. She was very sick. She ended up in Skaboo. Oh, uh, no. The hospital, the hospital actually fed her bottles because I wanted to breastfeed. So when I got her back, trying to breastfeed her was really, really, really hard. Oh, by the way, was your husband allowed into the into the birth? Was he allowed there? Yeah, that was all. He, he Like, I, I was in to leave her on, we'll say, the Saturday night and she wasn't born until Tuesday. But he wasn't allowed in until the very end. Okay, right, okay, till the actual labour, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Right, okay, so he wasn't allowed to be with you before that, okay. No. For the, so you obviously had complications towards the end, did you? Yeah, it's just that she was in... She, Kind of, she was born. Kind of, she was in the womb for twenty four hours without the water. So they sent her to to the intensive care just to monitor her. Just to keep an eye for observation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you're you're breastfeeding. How old is she now? Did you say? She is nine months now. And you're still breastfeeding. I'm still breastfeeding. Now, yeah. is, and it, I is that I a, is that a long time? Nine months. Well, you know, I I tell you now, I have six children. So my first three I didn't breastfeed, and my second three I did breastfeed. So I have a bit of both of experience, we'll say. Right, okay, um, because nine months now, she's teeth like now. 
Yeah, she does. And she bites. <laughs> yeah. right. And I tell you, you'll hear me roaring in Dublin, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, I mean, when you're breastfeeding in public, um, does it bother you? Do you ever look around? Is there ever people looking at you going, ah, but you look at your woman with her tit out? I don't care, Niall, I really don't. You know, my child needs fed. We do look at other babies who get a bottle and go, oh, look at that mad woman feeding the child a bottle. Yeah. No, yeah. we don't say that. Um, but look at night. And would you be would you be covering it up, or are you quite blasé about it? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like you wouldn't. I wouldn't expose myself to anybody. Right. Okay. I would be very discreet about it, and there's very great ways of being discreet about it. Yeah, I suppose there is. I might, by the way, even if you're not discreet about it, I mean, it's nobody's business except yours. Yeah, exactly. Look, at, I don't criticise anybody who feeds their baby through a bottle. So don't criticise me how I feed my baby, you know. Yeah, well, I can hear, I can hear the baby in the background there. You better feed yeah. it. <laughs> she, wants, she, wants, she wants to be heard. She wants her 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, don't we all? And how often do you have to feed her each day? How often when would you... you re- Niall, I work full-time. I'm in a full-time job. So, so you're I expressing, to, yeah. I have to express quite a lot during the day. Now, I, I'm down to express and say twice a day. And you feed on demand. You just feed her constantly on demand. So you'll know by her mood what she wants. So are you are you still bre- are you still breastfeeding, or are you just expressing and feeding no, her to the bottle? No, I, I do both. I do okay. both. I feed her. She wouldn't go to sleep without the breast in the evening. She right. Okay. Sounds like a lot of men I know. Okay, well, stay stay there for a second if you can. I want to go to Siobhan. Siobhan, Hello, you're an Ireland's classic kids. Siobhan, I mean, there's Jane, baby nine months old, not a bother, expressing and breastfeeding. I mean, what is, is it, is it a stigma that's attached to it here in Ireland? Um, well, with my own experience now, my, my little girl, she's 16 months old now, and I suppose I had her at the start of the pandemic, and um, what I found is that there wasn't enough support within the hospital. Okay, yeah, okay. So when I was there and I was... Um, Unfortunately, I had a, a difficult delivery in that my little girl was born under, um, I had to have a general anaesthetic. And I had said to the midwife at the time, because um, it was an emergency, um, I said, I really want to breastfeed. Okay. And the whole thing was that I was, wanted her to be latched on. But I found afterwards that the midwives, when I was struggling in the hospital, within the hospital to actually feed, that they very much kind of kept telling me they were busy. So whenever I was struggling to feed her, their attitude was very much like, oh, she'll give her the bottle. Ah, she'll just give her the bottle, for God's sake. Yes, yeah, from and I found yeah. at one stage, I, of course, first time mother or whatever, I didn't know what was going on. And um, I kind of had said, as I kind of said, oh, look, she's not feeding or and what, why so was that? Were you not producing enough milk at that time, Siobhan? Was that it? No, I, I was. I was um, very much uh, um, had a great supply coming in, or so I thought. Yeah. Um, later on, they kind of said it takes until day three for the full milk to come in. But it was it was just the fact that the baby was struggling. Um, to the baby wasn't just time. getting it out properly, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I know, and that will be difficult for a first-time mother. For Jane, I suppose, who is the six children at this stage, and three of them have been breastfed, it's a bit easier because she knows what to expect. I imagine, Jane, you knew what to expect. And, you know, as Siobhan is saying, she didn't get very much, she felt she didn't get the support to show her how to get the baby to latch on and, and suck properly, I suppose. Yeah, you see, Niall, that's very true, because I found in the hospital, it's, it's they have to spend a lot of one-on-one with you. So when, when you are breastfeeding, the nurses will have to come down constantly to check that you're doing it right. 
they don't have time for that. Mm. So that they don't want to give that time to you. You're, they're so busy, so it is easier just to put a bottle in a And pardon place. my ignorance, but does the baby not just naturally know what to do? Um, yeah, the baby does, but the mother doesn't. It doesn't come naturally. You know, you, you still have to, there's certain ways you have, the baby has to latch on. Some some babies don't latch properly. Right, okay. So they're not getting any milk. And that was what was happened to you, Siobhan, and you believe the time wasn't taken to help you to help um, the baby. I, yeah, yeah, like I ended up, I remember now, um, my little girl, um, during the first night or whatever, it was the first, I think it was day two, and I, I was getting all distressed because I was just after, I still had anaesthetic in me, I suppose, um, and everything. And I was like, the baby's not feeding. And I kept ringing the bell. And a, a couple of the midwives got a bit kind of annoyed with me and kind of said, we've, we've other people to see. And I kind of said, look, I understand that, but can I just have someone for five minutes just to get her latched on? And I just found that the easier thing for me would have been to kind of just give the bottle in. in her mouth. Yeah. And at one stage, um, my little girl, she kept crying and crying and crying and she was on my breast for over 40 minutes. And were there other women in the ward at the time as well? Um, there was one other lady but she okay, was well, bottle feeding. Okay. And, um, yeah, because so I, I know there's a bit of pressure because if there's two or three other women in the ward and you're the one, your baby is the one that's crying all the time looking to be fed, you're kind of thinking, oh, she jays, I'll just give her the bottle. The rest of them are all looking at me here and I'm mortified. So that, yeah, there's a bit of that, gave, isn't there? Well, there is, but they actually gave... Um, when I went up and said, oh, she keeps crying, they kind of, the attitude was... Well, maybe she's hungry. And I kind of said, well, I've been feeding her for 40 minutes. And yeah. uh, they had the old-fashioned view of, but you don't know how much she's actually getting in. So I was in the absolute horrors because I, I was kind of going, Jesus, um, have I actually not been feeding my baby? I mean, so- uh, pardon my ignorance again here, but uh, let me just go to Jane, the expert here, because yeah. she's fed three of them. Jane, you would know if the baby has had a fair bit to drink because I'm assuming that your breasts get lighter. Or is that, yeah. am I just being ignorant here now? No, they do, they do. You can tell when you're full, but your, your breath will constantly keep producing as much as your baby needs anyway. So Yeah, but it does I take, do. I'm assuming it takes a little while for them to refill once the baby's had a good feed. Yeah, but you constantly get little drips, drips, drips. Your, your body knows how much your baby needs. So your body will produce exactly how much your baby needs. You'll never produce too little. Right, okay. I now you seem to know more about about breastfeeding than I did when I was inside the hospital. <laughs> I, I didn't know anything about like oh the light of breast or anything like that. So these are there's basic stuff that I didn't know. Now, now, wait, you know, by the way, don't be taking my word for it, Siobhan. I'm not a lactation <laughs> expert. By any sense the, the funny thing now is that I've actually I breastfed successfully for ten months. Okay. And I have to say that I still feel as clueless as as that first but day. It, but now, there, see, there's the thing, and Jane. I'm, this is really sad. So Siobhan has breastfed for 10 months and still feels clueless about it. That's what we're dealing with, isn't it? And I don't yeah. mean that in a bad way, Siobhan, by the way. No, no, you're fine. Yeah, because in other words, I mean, and I know um, Acrecia from Ames, who was on earlier on, was talking about lactation, you know, specialists within hospitals. We don't have enough of them. So we don't have enough support for people. Yeah, it's constant learning as well. You know, it's something, the more you do it, the more you learn yourself. But there isn't enough there's not enough people out there for us, which is a sin. There, there should be special nurses in a hospital pad to help people in these situations. Yeah. And how long, by the way, how long do, would you like to have, would you like to have breastfed for longer, Siobhan? 
Um, and well, ten months. For medical reasons, I I couldn't have. I had to go back on medication. So right, okay. Um, the my GP actually wanted me to go back on medication long before I did. And, and uh, but Jane, how long did you? What's the longest you've breastfed for? Well, this is the longest I've breastfed. Nine months. All my all my babies have stopped themselves, and she doesn't seem to want. Because to I hear now, I do hear stories of like two and three year olds. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. But, I mean, when they start walking up to you and saying, "Here, can I have a drop, please?" I think that you might be going a bit too far. That maybe that's my imagination. I shouldn't go any further than that. But I just, I think at that point, it's a bit silly, is it? Yeah, I I wouldn't breastfeed. Yeah, go and get yourself a can of cocoa out of the fridge, honey. <laughs> <laughs> You're grand. Listen, yeah. ladies, lovely talking to you. Thanks very much, Siobhan. I'm sorry Thanks, I had such Mary. a bad experience, all right? Sh- uh, Jane, good luck with the babies, Jane, all right? It's a big all family, right, six. By the way, Jane, are you having more? Uh, no, I'd like more, but my husband says no. So you'd like to go for number seven, would you? I would, yeah, I would. I love and did you husband. always, I mean, how old are you, Jane, if I don't mind me asking? I'm 37. Did you always want to have a big family? Um, I never really thought of it. You know, do you know what, now, myself and my husband were very young together when we got together, you know. Okay. And we had our first three, and we always said we'd never have any more. And then our first three got kind of older. Like, my oldest is here beside me. He's 20. Then we kind of had, we said, well, well should we... We'll have another one. And it was kind of like a second family. It's lovely. Like, right, okay. It's nice like to go. I don't, see, I don't know, Jane. Now, now I, mind you, you're still very young at 37. I'm 57. I don't think I go back back to changing nappies again at 57 years of age. But oh, it, I don't know. even at 37, I, I thought, well, I'm trying to think. But see, I didn't start having children until I was 31. Yeah. And then. Well, you probably didn't enjoy them then. See, see, we were, I was 18 when I had my first. Yeah. And then I was 21 when I had three. And then we, whenever we were kind of in our late twenties, our our children were much older then. Yeah, so you you didn't mind going back to it because you were still quite no, young. Yeah. No, and now now the tables have ter- turned. My husband now stays at home, mind him, and I go to work. Right. Okay. And and he's not interested in another one. Well, ah, sure. Have a chat with him later. No. Yeah, I never say never. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen, thank you very much indeed, Jen. I appreciate all the information you gave us there today. By the way, if you've ever any experiences that you want to talk about in relation to breastfeeding, uh, let us know. The number is 87 Maybe you felt you haven't been supported or haven't been encouraged. And let us know why you think it is that Irish women in particular around the world don't seem to want to breastfeed. Emily, you're on Ireland's Class and Kids. How are you doing, Emily? Hi, how are you? Good, Emily. Your daughter's four now, but you feel at the time your mid- the midwives berated you for not breastfeeding. Yeah, so when I went in, I was very gung-ho about, oh, that's it, I'm going to breastfeed, and I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to have pain medication. I don't know. Yeah. Must have been crack. <laughs> your intentions so. were the best, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, But yeah, it was grand. My husband, he came in with me. This is obviously pre-pandemic, thank God. Mm -hmm. So um, it was great. And uh, but then there was just one nurse that was in there. Now, this was in Galway Hospital. And she, oh, wow, she was terrible. She said to me, you know, you should be ashamed of yourself that you're not breastfeeding your child. She did not say that to you. Yeah, I was induced um, a few days uh, early because Ellie was um, mm-hmm. 9.14 when she was born, so she was very big. Big baby, so yeah. They were, worried. <laughs> they were worried if they left me any longer, the size she would have been, so they induced me. You wouldn't with... have got her out if you had left her anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I had to get a C-section in the end. Okay. So that meant that my milk didn't come in for a few days afterwards. Now, okay. she was starving when she was born. So I said, well... Instead of me faffing around, I'm just going to give her a bottle because I okay, could not. Okay, but that's your choice. Crying. That's your choice, as yeah. a mother. Yeah. 
Now, all the other nurses were lovely. They said, look, do what you think is best. It's your baby. Do what you think your body is telling you to do. So I said, okay, my milk isn't in, so I, I'm just going to give her a bottle because I wanted her to settle. But this nurse, uh, uh, don't give her a doty. How dare you not breastfeed her? You know, breast is best. See, all this. this is the problem, too. When I hear, I mean, years ago, they used to call them the breastfeeding Nazis. That was the word that was used for many people. <laughs> who were, who were more, more or less looking down on you if you didn't want to breastfeed. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Breastfeeding is best, of course, and, and we always know that. But, but in saying that, there's nothing wrong with formula food either. It's perfectly safe, perfectly healthy as well for a child. Um, and if you want to do that, that's your choice. It should yeah. be always your choice. You should never be judged either way. No. And I just, I, I felt like, like from what she said, it was like, you know, well, you know, you're giving her all her antibody, your antibodies. She's going to, you know, be the best if you give her your breast milk and formula is not going to give her the same thing. Now, Ellie's four. She hasn't been sick maybe three or four times. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah, She has had antibiotics maybe twice in the four years that she's been alive. So I said, right, so what did I do wrong then? Yeah, you didn't (laughs) did nothing wrong. As far as I'm concerned, she's quite a healthy and robust child. So I said, I think I did everything that I could. But that led, I mean, it was a terrible few days. I was in the hospital four days because I was anemic. Um, and you felt you were kind of judged. Oh, and yeah. so I was crying yeah. most of the nights in the evening when I was on my own. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's a terrible so, experience. It's all right. it's, yeah. But it, like I just said, from now on, I said, if I have another baby, obviously post-pandemic, I said, I'm not going to take that crap from them. No, and you I, should. nobody should take any crap either way, by the way, whether you're breastfeeding or not breastfeeding. It's not up to a midwife or, or a nurse or anybody, indeed, to judge you in your own decisions. Uh, just to inform you of what they believe is a right decision or the wrong decision, but not to judge you if, on whatever decision you make. Stay, but stay there for a second, because I, I, I don't have much time. I want to go to Sinead very quickly as well. Sinead, you're an Ireland's Sorry, uh, sorry I, I have to go because I have to pick up okay, my no daughter problem. now. Okay, sorry, Emily, thank you. Say that bit. Right. Okay, have a great day. Sinead. Hi, Niall. How are you? You had your baby in Australia. I had my first of okay. three in Australia. Okay. And what was the reason, by the way, that you ended up having your baby in Australia? My husband's Australian. Okay. I was actually living there at the time. Oh, so okay. I had him there. Um, it's a very, very different system to... Culturally. Culturally, it's different. Culturally, but it's, a, it's even before, even during pregnancy, they actually have a completely different system of dealing with the pregnancy than we do in Ireland. Okay, so there's more education around what to expect and when you, you to expect of, it. and You kind of have more one-on-one time with the nurses that, and the nurses that you're dealing with in your admin aren't in admin the whole time. They move from admin to labour to... Lactation labor to all... Yeah, so, in, they're, so yeah. they're trained in everything, yes. They're trained, but they're constantly moving in everything. Whereas my experience in Ireland is if you're an admin... In a maternity, you stay admin. That's all you, you don't do. Don't go into yeah. um, labour. You don't do any of that. But these are people that every six weeks they change. Well, that's what Chrissia was talking about at the start of the show when we started this or the, yeah. earlier on in the era. And she said that, you know, that district health nurses, as I call them, or public health nurses, should should all be trained in lactation. They should all be trained in different aspects of pregnancy and not it's just not even one trained. aspect. It's not even trained. It's working in different aspects. Yeah. Like the... the, the the nurses that come to your house in Australia would have... Like, I met one of them while I was in labour. One of the nurses that came to my house afterwards because it was six weeks later, she came out afterwards to check up me in the house. Yeah. And I had been in the labour ward with her. 
And so by the way, just very quickly, one. because I only have 30 seconds, but in relation to, say, the general public's view of it, I mean, this whole idea of, say, women that might be a little bit afraid to, to do it in public because they get a bit embarrassed, yeah. there's a different what culture they, over there too in, in relation to that. What they have in most of the shopping centres, the big shopping centres, is actually a feeding room. Yeah. Now, now it's not just for breastfeeding, it's for bottle feeding as well, but you've got the couch in it, yeah. it's all set up. Yeah, nice you're, not, you're, not, you're not in the toilet as such. No, there is yeah. toilets there, but they're yeah. separate. yeah. And there's changing facilities there, but they're separate again. So it's actually designated room for feeding. It was only a few years ago we had a topic on the air of a pub in Dublin, or a, bar, a restaurant, it's not a pub, it's a decent-sized restaurant stroke pub, who told a woman to get up from a table who was breastfeeding her child and go into the bathroom and do it. It was more appropriate. I'm sorry, anywhere that I would eat food, yeah. I would feed my children. Absolutely. That's the way I looked at it. I mean, I mean telling, telling a mother to go to the toilet and feed her baby rather than the table when she's having her dinner. It's one no, of the no, atrocious things to do to a woman. Yeah.